0: Surfing, rashes. Oh, yeah. Baby, I can't keep
1: up. Bliss.
0: Ain't that surfer bliss? Pure tour
1: nerdism. <gary> yeah, up
0: Dogs, dick. How are you, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, this will oh, be fun. Mate. I'm,
1: I'm out. The dog's dick is out. I am just so excited.
0: I know, I know. The lippy is unrolled and glossed, <laughs> ready. Yeah, yeah. ready. It's, ready. Unsheathed.
1: it's unsheathed and it's ready yeah. for action. You just,
0: you're just getting around your lounge room like uh you know, when the dog gets in that Portuguese chicken leg stage and just drags the gloss all over the floor.
1: Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm like, I'm just that dog who. Isn't even in need of another dog. I'm just pelvic thrusting around the place, <laughs> just yeah. just just pumping around the joint.
0: Ah, oh, mate, that's so good. Well, um, oh, yeah,
1: all know by hmm. saying, um, even though we're on a call and I'm not there, I think you should expose your corn and let me uh, blow a bit of hot air in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the lead up. Shows have been so good. Just the uh, the insights um, on coming from all perspectives, coaches, competitors that have been in it. Um, it's just been incredible. Mm. I thought uh, I thought Kingy was great. Tommy Witts, you know, Tommy Witts You can tell is actually just living it right now and just trying to keep his head screwed on. Mm. Um, he's awesome. And then Sally Fitzgibbons is like she's the queen. No, well, well, I think, you know, WSL are, are, are going to, and I think they always do, and they're doing a lot of it at the moment, but they, I think they're starting to to really just put the highlighter over people who communicate well mm. um, in broadcast, and she just has, obviously, she's already hosted Wild World of Sports and stuff, but she just has such a future as a commentator, having Experience, like she was saying, the the extreme highs and, and incredible lows. Oh. She brings so much perspective to it, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I know that it's upon us this moment, but she would have been a great person to drag into the broadcast. Mm, but yeah. Um, yeah, she's she's definitely got a future in it after she finishes competing. But who knows when that will be?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, cheers, dog. Appreciate it, mate. Yeah that that Sally interview was wild. I couldn't believe. You know, I guess. Watching her go through not just one, but, you know, several real heartbreakers over the last sort of 10 years and hearing her Mm -hmm. talk about how much that stays with you and and how, you know, for the rest of us, you you watch it, you feel that pain with her and for her. But then we just get on with our normal lives. For her, that's that PTSD is there. And I just can't believe the strength Mm -hmm. of the woman to just keep putting herself on the line and putting it all out there year after year despite those disappointments. Fuck, that was a yeah. wild interview. I was frothing on that one.
1: Yeah, we're going to like probably see a, a lot more of it. But, you know, the the lows are so gnarly because the, the individuals like Sal and and these 10 surfers that are about to fight for a world title, their lows are, are, are so down there because they're falling from such great heights. Mm. You know, it's just like they're just... If, you, if you're if you just mediocre, the fall will always, you know, you'll always be kind of able to handle the fall because you're experiencing a lot of those losses over time, probably more than the big wins. But for those people who are, you know, multiple event winners and getting themselves in title contention, you know, like you, you felt um, Morgan Siblik's pain just not really putting in the performance that he, he envisaged uh, last year in the finals after such a great year. and And it was hard for him to you know, after getting to those big heights, to um to drag himself off the floor after falling out of the mix in the first heat. So, uh, oh man, the, the the excitement's building, but also like there's that sort of anxious energy as well that's mm. starting to kind of pile up.
0: Oh, it's awesome. I love it too. Uh, we got a couple of big interviews coming in these next three days too, doggy. In the in the lead up to the big day, I'll I think we're going to do a bit of a deep dive on the the three Aussies who uh, mm-hmm. you know speak to some some names that are well qualified to, um, you know, break down each individual where they're at and what they're going to need to do. So that'll be fun. But, mate, you got the call up. You're going to be there on finals day representing Australia in the booth. So <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's surfing's grandest stage. How are you feeling about that? That's a that's Oh, a huge man,
1: I've got, I've got some nerves of my own. Mm. You no, know, it's it feels like um, making the, the kind of the, the commentary final five or final group um but
0: i was gonna say how how have you been prepping have you been uh calling the kids packing their lunch boxes or people walking past your house or or even just washing your bits in the shower i can imagine you sort of uh in there like ronnie lab it up Good way to get things started. Soap's the corn. Good rinse there. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Soap in the pen eye. Soap in the pen eye. Oh, this is a disaster.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, no, no. It's been awesome. Uh, obviously, last year with COVID, it was kind of tricky. Um, geographically, it didn't really make sense flying me to the other side of the world. But, yeah, I, um, I was, I was amped. You know, I actually didn't miss a, a second of the show last year. I was holed up in... Um, Sam McIntosh's dad's pub there in There There's mm-hmm. a, a small crew of us got together and, and watched every single second of it. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to to feel that that energy. Like I said, it's um, it's a mix of hype um, and, and just excitement to see what the outcome is. But I think what makes these big moments so special is you know it's five people on the cusp of realizing th- their their lifelong dream mm. and. Um, Oh man, you know you, you know you're going to see heartbreak, but um, obviously incredible elation too. It's it's just going to be huge and yeah. a, a real honour to be able to call those big moments. So I think the big emotional ones as a commentator are the ones that you know just are so they they're kind of easy to um, get up for and nothing's forced and it's just uh, it's just powerful. It's yeah, really powerful. Uh, uh, yeah.
0: At this stage, there, there's no dad heats. You're not having to sort nah. of. You're not having to fill time or, or or you know build energy at all. Like you, you're going in hot. I'm just wondering yeah. before we get into it, like have, have any of the uh, the heavyweights of the surf commentary of years past given you a uh, call to offer some last words of wisdom or support? You know, your Dave Stansfield's Reggae Ellis, <laughs> Terry Tapertis, Teza McKenna, Pat Parnell. Anyone been on the blow <laughs> to uh to wish you well?
1: Uh, no, um, <laughs> no, I've um. I've been chatting, just like texting with, with some of our crew. Everyone's super hyped. Um, I chat to Joey quite a bit. Um, you know, obviously he was there last year and, yeah, he's he's really excited and uh, Rosie uh, as well. But, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, those messages will probably sort of start coming through. There's definitely like a, a few people who commentated uh, events that, that reach out. Um Dave Stanfield's not really one of them, but no. uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from him.
0: Yeah, absolute legend. There's, uh, there's some classic voices in, um, you know, surf commentary around the world. But just before we get to to the this year's finals, like I asked Nick Carroll the other day, and I'd love to get your take on it too. Um, you know, in all the years you've been editing mags, being part of the industry, calling surf, and what's your favorite world title climax or showdown?
1: Well, uh, I didn't mention Nick before, but I I think his show was actually, um, your interview with him was one of my Mm. favourites. Yeah, it's a big question, isn't it? I I kind of, I'm like you in in that um, BL's win for me is like just having that many contenders and and things fall his way. But ultimately it's not kind of really about what other people do on that, that final day that, is memorable. It's it's not that people fell over, it's the, that you were the one that got to where you needed to get to, to uh, achieve it, to mm-hmm. earn that title. So um, I think that's why BL's is so special. Um, I think um, for for you and I, um, you know, that, that Kelly, Andy era was when we were working in the magazines, you were kind of freelancing at the time and and traveling around kind of covering it. I was, I was sitting in the editor's chair at, at Waves and Oh, it was just a magic time, you know. You, I remember you saying to me, like, um, any time the Gallagher's are on the front of Q magazine, you just had to buy it because the interviews and stuff were so good. <laughs> and uh, they were kind of, they were kind of on the cover of of Q magazine, like every other month. Mm. Yeah, because so, I think the uh, editorial team just went, oh, just. Get the Gallagher's involved and 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 everything is oh. just too easy. They're just going to give you gold and. It's funny because I remember you and were that, like that.
0: You were fueling that oh. rivalry at Waves. So you were having Kelly on one cover, Andy on the next one. Like whenever you see uh, any Docos or mm-hmm. or you know um, sort of flashbacks on that rivalry, um, you, your cover with uh, Andy on on the front saying you know Kelly's time is over always gets a run.
1: Oh but, yeah that that was um, that was so much fun and yeah. like making mags at that point, you know, I I look back on some of the mags now and I just like, makes me cringe. But then the ones within the the magazines in that Kelly Andy era, I I still look at and go, wow, that was cool. I remember one article I did, I just pitted them against one another and asked their peers who does what better. I cutbacks, roundhouse cutback and like I had, you know, CJ and Damien and, and everyone like breaking down who they thought out of the two did be- better stuff. It was just such fuel on the fire for mm. their rivalry. <laughs> yeah, mate. Andy then, would then, have then, read then,
0: every yeah. word, the both of them. You can't get yeah, anything then, past them. then him. they're getting
1: into a competitor's area and um, all, all their peers are hanging around and they're just going, oh, yeah. You think Andy does better roundhouses? than, oh, <laughs> than no, me. Yeah. He's just throwing just everyone under the bus. Yeah, oh, big time. It was perfect. Oh,
0: uh, it. well, I'll it. tell you um, which one. Um, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: They're world title battles. Um, were just amazing, True. and um, obviously the big pipe showdown was remarkable. Um, you know, I, I think e- even though the the fairy tale didn't happen um, for for Mick Fanning, the fairy tale that happened for Adriano de that year, um, it, it was anticlimactic just because the surf was so garbage but there was a a day in that title showdown year that was just remarkable firing waves. Um, You know, Mick was processing the loss of his older brother Pete Mm -hmm. and uh, just, just that year in itself, just there was a lot of narratives there. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of funny, you know, obviously for Australian surf fans, it wasn't the outcome they were after, but then this other really incredible kind of story emerged of, uh, you know, a, a kid from nothing just surfing his way to a title. Like,
0: well, there's... there those, was, they're it, huge. I know, and actually, in retrospect, you know, the the heat that Mick surfed with uh, Kelly and John John that he won, you know, that morning that it was firing. It was the morning after Pete had passed, and that story now, in retrospect, is so much bigger than the world title that year. You know, it's it's uh, it's really, mm. you know, it's it's cemented everything that everyone always thought. About Mick and his character. Um, mm. So poor old Adriano. Not only did he get Kelly's wave pool dropped the day after his world title, <laughs> but uh, you know a round three heat has uh, even eclipsed <laughs> that story. Sure, certainly not in Brazil, but I mean, um, yep. you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing that you know surfing has the ability, and I guess all sport does. The Olympics churns these sorts of things out where. Just an act of absolute mind blowing courageousness sort of eclipses the event and the scenarios going on around it. But in saying that, dog, like I
1: was gonna say though, the other thing is that um, you know, we just didn't really get a a lot of the um the the big world title showdowns for you and I, uh the the highlights played out in magazines. Mm. Um so you weren't able to track it like you can now. Uh and it's not coming to you, it wasn't coming to you live, but um, yeah, I'm sure those moments would have been even even bigger and more monumental in our eyes had, had we had access to a, a live broadcast of sure. the, the World Title Showdowns. So the other one that kind of stood out, and it was probably because, you know, we grew up on the North Coast and uh, we'd see uh, Pauline Mensah uh, around our area surfing sometimes because she was coached by Steve Foreman who lived in our area. Um, I remember when she won the world title, she just, you know, that, that, that story, like oh, I think, you know, a lot of people just really discovered her story uh, since uh, the Girls Can't Surf doco came out. Mm. Um, but her story's like remarkable on the women's side. Uh, that's that's a great world title story as well. Just um, a, a big underdog victory.
0: Oh man! And then I, I remember uh, Reg A Ellis actually telling me a story because um, you know Pam Burridge. I think she finished her career with five world title runner ups. <laughs> it Sort of gets knocked, yeah. swept under the carpet a little bit. But um, you know, in 1990, she's in the twilight of her career and she wins the world title. And uh, Reg A was telling me he was driving, and it came on the radio, and he pulled over and started crying. Well, he was just that affected by it, you know, because, uh, you know, from being from Manly, Pam's home beach, seeing her yeah. entire journey. And it was like that for us and Pauline. But, mate, we could just go on and on. The 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 world title climax is, you know, if it comes down to a, a last event, it almost doesn't matter what the surf's like. You, you're guaranteed to be emotionally invested. And um, I'm just going to make mention of one last one, too, before we get going. And, and that's that year that mick won his third world title you know coming from behind in clutch situations and just reading these waves that you know no nobody was surfing pipe like he was that day you know like where you know everyone was doing that classic sort of taken off under the hood sort of sliding straight into the tube off, off under the takeoff and mick was getting those ones where he had to almost fade and get really high up on the face and then just shredding it as it sort of ran off down into Beach Park. And, man, that was a that was a special day. That was like we, – we were all at your place watching it on the couch. And I just feel like for Australia, for Australian surfing, uh, and to just really put a uh, cherry on top of Fanning's career, it was just one of the all-time great moments, you know, that whole – Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was a beauty, the uh, 2013 title. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. All right, mate. Well
0: look um let's talk about uh this because twenty twenty-one, uh it, it was a tricky year to really gauge where Pro Surfing was at. Uh the shortened schedule it, it caused a lot of havoc. I mean, there was a lot of new spots on tour, which was exciting to see, but you know, it had its ups and downs. There was it opened the door for sort of mind-boggling upsets from rookies like Morgan Siblik and um mm. and what he did has definitely sparked uh, a sense of belief in guys like, you know, Cal Robbo, Jack O'Baker, Sammy Pupo, who just hit this this year, just hit the ground running, you know, and just did, had amazing results. But, I mean, it also caught a few experienced old heads uh, off guard. Uh, Owen Wright and Michelle Perez, probably the two biggest, biggest examples, never really gained momentum, you know, fr- from mm. the year before into this year. I don't know if the Olympics had something to do with that and all the energy that went into that, but... You know, they got caught off guard by the shortened season and then the, the cutoff. And then you got, what, this year, Gabby's withdrawal due to personal issues, John John's injuries, like big stories that have uh, no doubt had an impact on the top five for the men's and the women's finals. Uh, women's less so. I think, what, Breeze is the only new face there in the top five, replacing Sally. Yep. But still, 2021 has given us a much more complete view of where pro surfing is and where it's headed uh, you've been on the coal face for for much of this year's tour. Look, what what changes? What's what have been the big changes that you've noticed in this first full year back since twenty nineteen?
1: Um, yeah, I, I think I think you're right. Last year was a a pretty interesting one. I, I don't think you could kind of sort of stack it up, um, you know, in comparison. But but one the one thing that kind of uh, I think we did get out of last year was the, the world champions were the most dominant surfers through the regular season as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that's, that's going to be interesting this year. Um, but you know, there, there was so much going on. There was so much noise. There was so much chatter, um, down around Bells beach in particular in the lead up to that cut and you know, everyone knew what was happening, but it, it you know, just based on the, um, the, the situation there and just emotionally just how intense it was, um, you know there was like a campaign that almost kind of change things even though everyone knew the deal and they they graduated to a tour, um, but yeah I honestly it, it's it's kind of interesting to me it just always seems to roll on you know like even um, with gnarly injuries obviously. Man, the the last couple of years, I, th- I think we all would have loved to have seen John John and Tyler Wright, and you know, following their their back to back world titles, see them there, injury free, competing again. But you know that that just hasn't been the case, unfortunately. And um, John John in particular, you know, everyone was just so bummed when um, when he popped up at G with that knee brace on. Oh, it was just devastating. Mm. Um, but you know, the tour rolls on. It's it's just, the show goes on and um, it doesn't, it's funny. I've heard people say like, you know, asterisk years or, or whatever and just don't believe it. The same amount of effort goes in. The, the, the fight is the same. We're going to have an incredible showdown this year. Um, and even though Medina and John aren't in it, uh, I don't think it'll be any less entertaining or the, the winner will be, um, you know, will be noted as having won a world title in that year. Like Italo's world title was just so he just went out and took it um, against Medina. And the year that he won, John John had an amazing start that year too. Mm. But it's not for me. It's not an asterisk year. year. Um, and that's that's probably like the the big thing uh, for me is just it it just, it rolls on. The cut was devastating for some, but like then the challenges started and I don't know, I feel like the the new system kind of works. There, there was definitely uh, a lot to love about the back half of the season and just the big matchups coming thick and fast from the earlier rounds. Um, yeah. I, I kind of really, really enjoyed that. And you could really feel it sort of coming down to those last couple of events um, on both the men's and women's tour that, that, pressure of chasing down one of those those top five spots but um yeah I, I, i'm kind of enjoying it what, to about, be what
0: I, about uh just on a performance level dog you know uh 2019 italo was the world champ 2022 he's uh, as we've discussed in in most of these lead-up shows you know he's he's just can't break into the excellent rides he's he's had a few here and there but you know what have you noticed about the way that surfing uh is being perceived by the judges and and you know the changes in that sort of space
1: yeah well it's it's a lot just uh you know obviously he's a he's a young guy so he, he's still kind of growing and and sort of evolving as a as a human but as a competitor and as a performer as well and um he's just so different to what he was in 2019 2019 he was just like he was stoked and <laughs> And just, you know, ripping his skin off and, and just kind of on fire. And, and then he kind of got this real intensity to him. I, I, I think um, and it feels like he really kind of taps into that one of his sporting heroes, that, that Lewis Hamilton kind of vibe. You know, he's just very just a, a like a high end athlete you know, in everything he does. Um, And he kind of got this sort of intensity about him. And I'm still not convinced that it works for him. Mm. I I just think it's sort of like, um, it all feels really serious. And I don't know if that suits a guy who just sort of seemed to beat his best when he was just actually really having a good time. But uh, he's, he's so gnarly still. Like listening to Andy King talk, you know, like, he was, like, saying, you, you know, you've got to pro- approach every section out there at, at Trestles, like, there's a 10-point turn on that section. And he's a guy who can actually do that. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I feel like he's a guy that can wash the season off and actually put together a pretty pretty stunning campaign um, at, at Trestles, even though he hasn't really had that same form that he had in 2019.
0: Post G land dog, we were talking about, uh, you know, the kind of surfing that the judges were liking and it just, it seemed like, uh, I don't know, the the backside snap had made a huge comeback. <laughs> it was like, oh. you know, uh, it, it was a turn that no one was really even talking about and all of a sudden it's just everywhere and, um, people are getting big numbers for him. Is that something you observed?
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's been going on for a, a while now. um, you know, obviously the backhand surfing uh, evolved, I, I think, because there wasn't a whole lot of left-handers on tour. So there wasn't like a, a place that goofs could uh, kind of get that edge back uh, against the, the regulars. Um, and then when you, you think about it, the the regular footers on tour, like with the barreling waves kind of evolved their tube riding so much that, you know, almost... in they had an edge on the, the slabby kind of left-handers on tour. So it was mm. sort of a funny one, you know, They backhand tube right so well at Pye, but then they kind of backdoor such a, you know, a, such a tough ask on your backhand uh, that the the regulars kind of had the, the advantage there too. Um, but yeah, I think the backhand snap, uh, you know, it, it just went to a new level with the, the power of Medina and there's plenty of great, Goofy-footed surfers on the tour, and and they kind of led the charge. The evolution of of backhand surfing, mm. um, but I reckon, you know, as much as that that term was getting scored, that backhand snap, it, it was going to take, you know, especially in comparison to say a frontside carve, but it was going to take a, you know, a really clean, fast, powerful frontside carve to to match it. And I, I think Ethan Ewing. Uh, Felipe Toledo. Uh, they really brought brought it back in. Mm. You know, they they kind of leveled the field uh, against those backhand snaps and and started doing the, the kind of frontside carves that were still regarded as as super critical turns. Um, even though you kind of get the feeling that you know a, a carve doesn't score as well as a backhand snap sometimes. Um, I just think those guys just the, the way they execute it couldn't be denied. Mm. So it's not considered a high-risk turn, is it? It's not like in the most critical part of no, the way sometimes. I mean, it's just where they place it.
0: Exactly, yeah. I, I just thought that, Uh, you know, look, get, if, if that trend continues into trestles, I mean, Joanne DeFay is going to be obviously hunting any left that comes her way. It's sort of, it, it works for Tatiana on the women's side because she can go more vertical and kind of get that little bit of extra spark into her turns. Mm. Um. As far as the men's goes, though, you can't imagine anyone going left, really, uh, other than Italo to try and, like, get that big fucking Hail Mary tent. Uh And yeah. it, uh, it's it's, it's kind of like almost uh, Tatiana's the only one who can really lean on, on that turn other than Joanne to get a big, big score for it, you know, in mm. those finals. I don't know. Weird. Anyway, getting into the nitty-gritty, but... Yeah, what what do you think, mate? Did the process deliver? In your opinion, you know, did, did this year deliver uh, the top five for men's and women's?
1: Uh yeah, yeah, I think it did. Um, I, I mean, Griff, Griffin's the the one that everyone's going to talk about as being well one of the standout surfers of the year. But like, kind of kind of reminds me of Italo in the the first couple of years he was winning CT events. He was winning multiple events, but not in title contention at the end because mm. he, he was just. He was just dropping the ball in early rounds. And unfortunately, that's what happened to Griffin. Um, he would have been such a danger man had he made the, the final five. But, you know, lo- losing out early is just, again, it just day, it's shows. A, yeah, just it's a year kill killer. Day.
0: What do they call them? Coach well, killers.
1: Yeah, coach killer. Um, so, yeah, he's he's the, the one guy that I felt like his surfing warranted being uh, in the mix in the shot for a world title. And then, um, you know, on the, the women's side, I, I think, uh, it, it was pretty spot on. I think Lakey had moments through the year, but, um, but ultimately Brisa really deserves the shot just based on, you know, how well she did to just hold a nerve and keep winning big heats. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the process is, has worked so far the, the real, you know, the, everything hedges on the conditions. That's, um, that's the big thing. We got really scored big time last year. Mm, true. That oh, was just unbelievable. It was just firing. So, yeah, hope, hopefully it's consistent. That's that's all I hope for, I'm, I think. Um, obviously, you want the, the surf to be, you know, at least head high, but consistency is really what I want to see. I don't want to see someone with a world title shot, you know, not getting the opportunity to ride at least a, a few waves in mm-hmm. a heat. Going to be a bummer, which can happen at Trestle sometimes.
0: Obviously, in the lead up to an event like this, you have had your head just buried in the books, the stats. Yeah. Um, you you you've known these guys and women for a long, long time just through the work that you do. So, how is it going to play out, mate? Like, who's going to stand up and and you know surprise us, and who's going to melt like white chalky on a hot day? at... <laughs> <laughs> Tazini. Oh man! <laughs> and by the way, I I feel <laughs> awful, you know, perpetuating this this white chocolate thing. But the the, the nickname has just run away. I don't necessarily, uh, you know, just associate it with Geordie at all. But <laughs> but there was a moment in El Salvador when I was like kind of in my highlights of the year, where you know Griffin does this gigantic air rev. I think it was Griff. And what as, as he's, oh, it was Yago, sorry. Fuck, yeah, it was. Yago does this huge backside air rev and as he's like landing it, you just see Geordie, you know, one of the all-time great surfers, just go backwards over the falls like we've all done a million times. <laughs> oh, I saw that. Oh, so, uh, yeah, who's going to be that person going backwards over the falls? Just,
1: just dripping over the falls. <laughs> On finals uh, day. Um, oh, no. Oh, man. No, nah, no, nah, that's that's brutal, mate. Um, yeah, mate, it's isn't it going to be interesting? Uh, it, it was. I, I felt the uh, the 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 surfers who really uh, had to to rise up uh, out of that. Just I think the most nerve wracking heat were those surfers that came in uh, as the fifth seeds last year. Um, they were the guinea pigs for the conditions. They had to be down there early. You got that question in your head: Do I go for a warm up before mm. I go out there? Will I gas myself? I've already got to surf like five times just to get a shot at the 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 big big trophy, the big goal. Um, so yeah, I, I actually think that's a that's a tough heat. Whereas everyone else can kind of maybe get out there for a little paddle in the morning. Uh, those surfers in that the first two heat uh, the four and five, uh, the, those surfers just they kind of ride it pretty heavily, mm. but um, I'll, I'll yeah, tell you I where eat. they do have
0: a huge advantage: is that uh, they melted <laughs> last year. The,
1: the, the fifth seed last year melted. Yeah. You know, they they melted under the pressure. Uh, Steph Gilmore and Morgan. Um, but you, you could, know where they've got a huge advantage:
0: the fifth seeds. They'll get down there early enough to get a park for their e-bikes. Like imagine being uh, a <laughs> seed number one. You're on your e-bike. You know, you're heading down there. The beach is packed. You're spending ha- half the day just trying to find a spot to park up
1: yeah yeah it's, uh, it's competitive down there on the track no <laughs> doubt but um, yeah I I, uh, I think that yeah but, but until someone wins that first heat from fifth place you know it, it sort of just goes to show that it's a, it's a, a big mountain to climb mm. um, but yeah I don't I don't, I don't I don't think we'll we'll see um, the the sort of Average performances like we did in the the first first heats this time round. I think I think the surfers would have learned a little bit more from last year. I think um, uh, it, it's a it's a pretty monumental uh, battle the first heat in the men's. Uh, it's a, a huge one. Kanoi Garashi just so sharp, and I think you know, we're up against it to They have a real opportunity to sort of set the pace for the day. And I, I don't see Steph going out and, and kind of, and, and farming it like she did last year. Mm. Um, I, I think she'll, you know, obviously she, she'll, she'll adapt, but, um, she'll be pretty comfortable. And
0: are you, are you seeing Kanoa and Steph moving through round ones?
1: Yeah, I, I think I am. I, I think Steph's just experience. Um, and, and you know, is not. She's not just um, out there competing, uh, putting in her, uh, her the best performance she can compete against. It's not just like a world title heat. She's actually up against the greatest of all time. Uh, it's sort of like Stephanie Gilmore at, at Trestles is just beautiful to watch. Um, but uh, yeah, I think maybe conditions play the biggest part uh, for. There's two competitors. I think that the the conditions have to work in their favour for them to have a, a serious shot. And uh, it's Steph and Ethan on the men's side. I think if they get clean, glassy conditions, which is you know kind of likely, um, if they get it clean then their their chances actually skyrocket, mm. I think that I think they have a really strong chance at, at Getting it done, you know, there's not that kind of bump and texture on the wave just because they're rail surfing so clean. Um, and, and sort of like you touched on earlier, that that flow and and that real seamless approach has been kind of scoring pretty well this year. So um, yeah, I like their chances if it's glassy, but um, yeah, it's going to be going to be insane.
0: Do you think? after listening to Sal's thing, that Tatiana will be affected by that near miss. Like, you know, at some point she's going to be surfing against, uh, you know, Steph coming from underneath her and then Carissa waiting at the top of the tree. Like, at what point will the memory of last year kick in? Or is she, from, to your knowledge, and, and you know, uh, having been around her career since it started, is she the kind of character who can actually just shelf that?
1: Yeah, I, I actually don't sort of see uh, – I don't think Tatiana's got that that sort of mental scar tissue or, or hangs onto it the way Sally has. Um, you know, just the way Sal articulated that was super insightful and really honest. Um, but I have seen Tatiana in tears after losing out, but I've seen her like turn around in the next event and just really, you know, it it hasn't felt like she's putting on a show in in just the confidence that she's displayed. It's, it's not an act. Um, She's, I think she's capable of rebounding, but ultimately we won't really kind of know that until she's in a high pressure situation and she's got one final section to to throw a backhand turn, uh, whether she has overcome it or not, Mm. because that, that was what cost her last year. You know, she was one turn away. Um, it's been well reported. One turn away from a world title. And if she finds herself in that situation where she started a wave off well and she's chasing an excellent number, I think we won't know whether she's carrying scar tissue until she hits that final section. And if she can complete it, and she's, she's let it go. And um, if she falls, then it's it's going to be right there for all of us to see.
0: All right, and uh, just in relation to the new faces surfing this day for the very first time, you've got uh, Ethan, Jack, obviously, and Canella on the men's. You've only got Barisa on the women's. Uh, you know what sort of advantage is it for Phil, um, for Italo, and for the other four women to have actually been there and know what this day is about and know what is expected of them from the second they paddle out? You know, is Is the the week in your experience of being around world title climaxes and the pressure and the narratives that build into them, is the week leading up to it going to take a toll on these people who haven't had the chance to surf it or experience it yet?
1: Uh, Yeah, I I think it has to, right? It's just so much pressure and, and focus and, you know, you're getting pulled in a few different directions. But, you know, like even here in Morgan, Wrap uh, on just you know the the sort of obligations that he had, um, and and you know I saw fo- footage of Morgan around the you know even, even in the um, the uh, in in the box to box clips, Morgan in all the um, in the press conference stuff, he he just looks so wide eyed, he just looks so almost like just. In awe of the the situation, um, whereas I think that you know the the champs, those are multiple event winners. They, they they'll have a real edge in just having dealt with that before. Um, yeah, so it's going to be pretty interesting. Jack Robinson to me is just like he whatever you know whatever place he goes to, um, I think is just. Uh, just just puts him in a pretty unique position i, I think he's a, a guy that just you know can just meditate his way out of any kind of sort of stressful overwhelming moment um, just seems to just have a, a good program going ethan uh i just i don't know how i don't know how badgered ethan would allow himself to be like i just can't see him getting overwhelmed with media as no. it's going to be it's going to be tougher than to get anything out of him yeah um but yeah i think he'll 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 be in a, a pretty nice place um and maybe, just, uh,
0: yeah I, I just want to pick your brain on um on the two number ones you know Fleepy is so worthy of of world championship title like he is by far and away, the best surfer in the world. You know, on the face of the wave, like zero to eight foot. Like, I yeah. don't think John John or even Gabe really compete with the way that he can engage his rail and maintain speed and throw it and flip it and skitz it out, you know. Like, I mean, he's just got something that uh, that is on another planet and this is his wheelhouse. It's his home break. Um, I feel like he's he's in a better position than Carissa. I don't know why. I just, maybe mentally just, it hasn't been an easy year for Carissa. It's one win. Um, sort of no performances that really stand out uh, to mm-hmm. me. I just, Felipe's just at times looked like he was going to do it in a canter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he also, mate, like, well, he, he's going into it as, as you know, the guy that, nobody could stop other than Gabriel Medina and Medina's not there so you know he's going to be surfing less heats. he's going to be there in prime the other thing about um, Felipe is when when you sort of think about uh, his strongest uh, events on the schedule like he, he just delivers like when you think about Brazil you you go to yourself well Felipe's the guy to beat and he is and mm. you know like he gets it done uh, he doesn't falter under the expectation that people put on him. Um, so I think, you know, at Trestles, you know, we can expect a really strong performance from him. I, I think he, you know, it, it actually kind of like, it just puts more uh, air in his tyres uh, when when people are, are propping him up. He just is, he's just flying, you know, he's just full of confidence and um, yeah, I, I just can't. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I just feel like it's going to take something pretty special. Uh, in saying that, Jack and Ethan have both beaten beaten him a couple of times this year, mm. so that's you know that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty important little factor for them. And then on the women's side, I think you know just losing one heat last year for Carissa is is enough just to give everyone a a, a thought. Or uh, everyone a chance mentally to to find some kind of edge over. Her. Um, but yeah, she's you know she's so deadly, and she didn't even do her best surfing um, in the the finals last year. No. Nah. and uh, she still got it done. So I think if you know if she finds her true form, just don't see her being beat.
0: Nah, well, I don't see really. Oh, I really don't. I th- maybe. Fuck, it's hard to see an upset in the women's. Like, I think Brisa would be the only true, like, come from nowhere victory. If it if it was to happen on yeah. the men's, I mean, anything other than a Philippe title feels like a pretty major upset. You know, even if it's Jack, who has been without doubt mm. the the best surfer in the world competitively alongside Felipe. But yeah, I still think it would be a mondo melt of just psychotic proportions if he was to lose this world title
1: yeah yeah i, I agree with that for sure mm. yeah he's just mate he's, just, he's so good i um i think he's you know you talk to you talk to anyone you talk to world champs and stuff and, and you you stack him up against the all-time greats he's right there his performances in the jersey are, are just legendary uh, he does his best surfing, surfing in the in the Jersey. Doesn't doesn't need to go chase clips. Just gets it done. That's why he's so entertaining. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think he'll just be able to sort of sit back too. You know, he's got s- such crazy weaponry. Um, he'll be able to sit back and sort of see, you know, see what's being brought to the the table, and you know whether it's airs or rail turns. He can he can really he can find a point of difference no matter what everyone else is serving up. Um, Medina was able to kind of do that last year. Really, just look at what was being kind of presented, what was on show on those canvases, and and kind of do something different. Um, so yeah, I I think he's just it's going to take something awesome, like all, truly awesome, to uh, overcome Phil. And uh, the cool thing is that. You know, there's a there's a really good chance that all four of those guys could find that something special and uh, and and get it done, but it does seem a little unlikely.
0: I saw a story by Ethan Davis on Stab with Paul Evans just about the mechanics of what goes on during a broadcast, you know, the pressures associated with it. Um, are the keyboard warriors tripping or are they right to crucify the slightest slip up and just, you know, completely annihilate anyone who they feel isn't up to scratch? <laughs> oh, no, this uh, is a, a funny question to ask you, but, you know, like the, the there is a level of... Uh, Fuck! There's a level of just analysation, uh and and hypercriticalness that, that comes with being a WSL commentator.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think it's um, you know obviously it's it's pretty pretty hectic sometimes, but um, I think that um, you know everyone's got pretty thick skin about it these days. But it is it. I, I read that article. Um, and there is a lot of downtime. So, you know, inevitably, it's it's not just like back-to-back rides. And, um, you know, I think if the, the conditions aren't firing and, and, and people up aren't riding waves that are blowing your mind, so the focus is always going to shift back to, um, to that commentary. But, yeah, I, man, I think initially, um, you know, when the... ASP became the WSL, it was a, a real heavy focus and it does kind of linger that, that attention and the, and the keyboard warriors and, and whatnot. But ultimately, the team just gets on with the job. I mean...
0: Yeah, how, how much is- attention does the WSL pay to, the, to that sort of criticism? Because, um, you know, I guess in the past, they've definitely been, uh, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but but pretty reactive to sort of negativity.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, like if, if you make a mistake on the, the broadcast, you're, you're aware of it pretty quickly and, you know, you're already kind of um, uh, processing it and kind of trying to forgive yourself for it uh, and then it takes a little longer for the, uh, the audience to forgive you. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think WSL's been, you know, pretty solid and and supportive to all of its commentators through through those moments and yeah they just made a commitment to keep a um a, a familiar team in that that role so the the you know the audience isn't trying to get their head around a, a new face or a new voice every other event and you know you've got people trying to sort of work out the the broadcast formula um at, at each new venue mm. um but yeah man, I mean I I just think it's kind of part of the job on that maybe back in the day there was a bit more uh, banter about what was being said in the comments but no one's immune to it doesn't doesn't unfortunately at this point in time it doesn't matter whether you're a broadcaster whether you're a surfer whether you're um just an average joe just everyone gets crucified in comments (laughs) (laughs) this keyboard warrior is just attacking everyone yeah you know
0: yeah, well, w, the
1: WSL commentary team aren't, uh, aren't a special breed in, in that sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, on the events, the WSL events I've worked on, uh, obviously from way, way back when it was just, you know, uh, early, early days, just sitting in <laughs> a scaffold, the live streams going out, there's no real production sort of techniques involved. You're just sort of learning on the fly. Uh, and they used to have like the comment board live you know, as you were seeing that, you could read all the comments, yeah. and mate, it was—you you think it was bad now? Like back then was gnarly. They would fucking tear yeah. off so bad. Yeah. It's like it's a lot better, in fact. But um,
1: yeah, I, I think I think it's sort of almost perpetuated sort of feedback from like kind of those uh those sort of uh, initial years where the team was being established, and you know, but I think. You know, this this will be a crucial one. The the commentary last year for um, the WSL finals, I thought was the best I'd ever heard at the CT event. Kelly and Mick Um, in the booth
0: for a big chunk of day. And insightful, funny, competitive with each other. Like, was incredible. Such absorbing viewing. And uh, I mean, is that a frightening prospect to sort of have to get over there and and live up to that high watermark? Or is that a challenge that you're actually going, fuck, yeah, let's let's see how we can better that.
1: Yeah, I think um, that's, you know, what, what you've got there is, is two Hall of Famers, um, you know, the greatest of all time, who's obviously, we're so lucky, he's still so relevant um, with his, his own performance, so he just has such a, a unique take and um, it's a treat for the audience, it's such a treat for us, you know, um, to be able to pick their brains in that, that kind of world title moment, um, all the champions that were there, Tyler Wright, uh, Lisa Anderson as well, you know. It, it they just can they can offer so much. Uh, Kelly and Mick are just so comfortable in front of the camera because they've they've done more interviews and been asked to give their opinion on on so so much over the years. Um, that that having them there is as big a treat for us as it is for the audience, um, you know. But obviously, that's probably not going to happen too often. You're not going to get Mick mm. back on the road traveling doing. Uh, the commentary he's got, he's got his young family and he's he's kind of happy doing that. But you do get him for these special kind of one-offs. There. And then Kelly, um, he he's so good to have in the booth, and I think he really enjoys being in there. But getting that big commitment from him to to be a commentator full time would be a very difficult thing to do. Um, but yeah, you just treasure those moments to pick those guys' brains, and you know it's I, I think. It's a big ask, you know. I would love to have some more of um, some more uh, of those world champions um, to to come join us in the panel. I think they're the ultimate people to, to kind of pick apart performances because ultimately they've achieved everything and and they're they're in that position that they can kind of really identify um, the weaknesses or the you know the mindset of an athlete going into those big moments. Mm. But asking someone to commit to um, the tour schedule after a, a life uh, you know generally it's, it's kind of like no, that's
0: usually what makes them pull the 20 years plus yeah, exactly
1: it is yeah it's going to be very difficult to do and then I, I do kind of feel like there's a, a, another breed of professional surfer that um, didn't quite get to that loftier height. who so has a real appetite for getting on there but I, I feel like they're you know, it's not coming from the same place. It's um, it's a tricky one.
0: Mm. Well, I reckon Laura... It can be
1: over-analyzed. Over-anal- yeah, Laura
0: has just been uh, a revelation on there. She's just oh, she's so awesome. good. She's so relaxed. She's got the expertise. She's got absolute just mondo, you know, fucking respect from everyone because of uh, all the things that she does in the surf. But just as a, a casual... Super high intellect uh, on the on the panel. She she's just all time,
1: just cool. good fun, good fun well, too. Yeah, Tape. yeah. But, uh, a lot of empathy as well comes from Laura. Yeah, as a competitor, you sure. know, you you really feel it. She she she's there for the highs, but she she feels those lows as well. But you know, I, I just love. You know, Laura just naturally has no filter. Mm. Um, that's just her personality. She's she, she's really she great. Says, whatever pops up in a hedge just is going to come out on the broadcast, which is fantastic.
0: And uh, what about you, dog? What are you going to bring, bring to the uh, big dance? Uh, can I recommend maybe a few impersonations?
1: Mate, no, I'm um, I'm just so amped. I've been kind of, you know, I, I feel like you can, all, all the, the information and kind of prep is, is sort of done or, and, and filling your head too much with uh, anecdotes and stuff might get in the way of, of actually just, Observing and witnessing what's what's unfolding on the day, just then, and, and tapping into the the real the emotion of it all. um So, you know, I'm kind of feeling like probably like what the surfers have done. You know, they've they've surfed their way into this position. It's now's the time to um to stand up and deliver, yeah, yeah, so Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: Well, just remember, you're doing it for <laughs> Australia, Ron. All right, you're part of the you're part of the the Changers. You're part of the. The CT at uh, you'll be bringing it home, mate. Bring home that golden tonsils, that golden Cane piece <laughs> tonsil award for Australia. Oh, but uh, no, have a hell whole, of time over whole,
1: there. The whole team is uh, amping the 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 effort going into the the broadcast from from the production team is huge. Uh, I thought they like blew it out of the water last year. They just smashed it. It was just such a such a great show, and um, you know I know there's going to be a lot of um, big names and and welcome voices um, adding to the soundtrack there this year there's there's some talk of some really special guests um, so yeah i think everyone can look forward to that and yeah i'm just uh, just happy to to play a part in being able to sort of stitch all that together so um yeah i'm at
0: on your doggy on your mate take care and uh wash that soap out of your peen eye before you get a uti buddy <laughs>
1: for our sage advice from <laughs> uh from a bloke who's who's been there and experienced all the ups and downs that uh, that that come come with that yeah hey oh, yeah. a lot of ups
0: <laughs> yeah it's not a good feeling <laughs> not a good feeling see you, dog. Uh, mate. Oh, you better. competition surfing rashes oh, yeah let represents represent
1: Pure Tua Nerdism.